0: The You're listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Life. Logan Couture wins it in overtime! Now, now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. Oh, yeah, they're coming the to the ice off the face off. Clear to the neutral zone. Dollin's got it. Steals it away. We've got Dolan, we take Burns was off the ice. And also on the ice, Logan Couture. Couture's pointing at the octopus, and the linesman gets it on board. That's the
1: board.
0: Here come the sharks moving in now. Stick handling. Dolan across the ice to Burns, throwing it to the front of the net. Where is it? It's on the goal line. Scar. Logan Couture gets the winner for the Sharks in OT. The octopus thrown on the ice did not work for the Red Wings. The Sharks get the victory in overtime, one minute in. San Jose is now 6-0 in games decided in overtime, 4-0 in this building. And what a celebration for Logan Couture, coming off the COVID protocol and having a remarkable night
2: uh it was weird because the crowd was screaming and yelling and i didn't know what was going on i thought i looked up i thought there was a jersey on the ice and, and then i got closer and saw it was an octopus um you know kind of skated around and then uh burns made to pass to dolls went off a shin pad he made a great uh scene pass to bernsey and the puck was kind of sitting there on the goal line, and I was able to whack it
1: in. Good morning, everyone, and how about those San Jose Sharks? Winners of three in a row. They have moved up to fourth in the Pacific Division. 20 wins, 16 losses, one overtime loss, 41 points on the year. Again, they are now sitting with the same number of points as third-place Los Angeles. They're just four points back of second-place Anaheim and seven points back of first place Las Vegas. So the San Jose Sharks right now, the most important thing to me over the last three games is not that they've been a juggernaut, is not that they are beating teams that they're better than, but it's that they are making improvements over one game to the last. Specifically, the losses against Pittsburgh and against Detroit were relative low points for the Sharks. I don't know if it was the lowest point of the season and we can have that discussion. I don't even know how fruitful it would be, but are the Sharks better than they were a couple of games ago. And I think the immediate answer is yes. And I also think that for three games in a row, they've stuck to their game plan. And for two games in a row now, they have been very, very complete for 60 minutes. That is what I am paying attention to the most, is the fact that when they have a team that they're better than, and that's not a knock on any of their opposition or Philadelphia or Buffalo or Detroit, because I felt the Sharks should have beat Detroit in Detroit, and that was just a weird game that kind of got away from them when they gave up an early goal and then the two shorthanded goals. I think more to the point was that when the Sharks are given an opportunity to enact their game plan against a team that they can do that, they've done it three straight games. Now, whether or not they can do that against teams that are a lot better than them right now, like what's going to happen when they play Vegas... What's going to happen when they go up against you know Tampa and Washington and Carolina and Florida on an upcoming road trip? That's going to be a different story, and I am 100% aware of that, but it's also why this homestand is so important. It's also why getting a 500 record out of that last homestand when they started off 0-2 and were getting blown out was so important. But it's just it's indicative of the team not giving up and also having belief in what Bob Bugner and his staff are trying to implement. And I think Bob Bugner has shown them that when they stick to his plan, it yields results. And the interesting thing out of last night's game is that once again, I have seen this team get that early lead and they play so much better when they do because when they have that early lead, it does allow them to open up just a little bit. You can see more aggressive passes. You can see them trying a little bit more, but they did not open up to the point where they were not able to stick to their game plan and get away from the, the everything and shoot themselves in the foot. That didn't happen. Before I get too far ahead of myself, I want to look at the wild card standings. The Sharks are second in the Western Conference. They are now three points back of Minnesota. Again, that's a good place to be. They are one point ahead of Calgary couple of points ahead of Edmonton, uh, four points ahead of Winnipeg. So the Sharks are in a good place right now. And the fight that they've shown up to this point of the season, the most important thing to me is that it is it is lending itself towards results. They are not getting blown out consistently. They have their bad losses. They have their bad moments. But more often than not this year, the Sharks have been able to get back to their game plan and play their style of hockey. So that, to me, is so important out of these last couple of games, three wins in a row, and you feel like confidence is building. And the other thing is that you know they've had so many of these guys on COVID protocol at this point. You'd like to think that it's not going to keep on happening. I don't know that it won't keep on happening because we have seen guys get infected by COVID multiple times. Tomas Hurdle being one of them. Um, but you uh, you know that there you hope that there is at least a short-lived amount of time where you're going to have guys healthy, where you're going to have guys capable of being in the right place at the right time and then be able to help you get a win. And I think that when you have Araska stepping up and playing well and you have Orion Merkley stepping up and playing well, that's good. But now you're you're hopefully not going to lose Logan Couture to COVID again anytime soon or Eric Carlson or Brent Burns or Tomas Hurdle. I mean, you go down the list of guys that have been infected, You know, you hope that if those guys have any problems, it's not going to be related to COVID. Because this is COVID, a new reality in terms of what we've looked at with hockey for the last couple of years, especially the Omicron variant. We didn't have, you know, outbreaks quite like this previously. What's going on right now in the NHL, I think this is unique to Omicron. You always knew you were going to lose guys due to injury, but this has been you know to a greater extent something like we've never seen before which is unfortunately something we keep on saying with this outbreak in professional sports but it's the reality and much to the sharks credit they've been able to have guys step up you know i think about VL over the past couple of weeks and him stepping up to play for the sharks and you know i understand they bring these guys up to have these physical natures about them and be able to go out there and do the fight but that doesn't make it any less of an impact for them to be able to go out there and do things you know, VL had a big goal last night. And I thought that, you know, that he went out there and got in that fight with Smith to try and, you know, step up for his team. And, you know, I've talked to people about it, like who won the fight. And it's like, well, it doesn't matter who won the fight. It matters that that player stepped up for their team. It matters that that player went out there and showed, Hey, you know, we didn't like that. What happened last time? And we're not going to, we're not going to stand for it. And, you know, VL said after the game that he thought it was a dirty play with Smith the time before. You know, I don't know that I specifically agree with that, but I understand why he's saying that that way, and I understand why he's going to go out there and step up for his guys. So to see that happen, you know, you appreciate what he was going to do for his team and go out there and, you know, be be an enforcer and say like, hey, you can't do this. We're not going to let this happen without payback, without ramifications. So... Props to him for being able to go out there and do that. Another unsung hero out of last night's game, in my opinion, is Aiden Hill. And I think that what we've seen out of Aiden Hill the last few games, while Reimer's been on injured reserve, or at least he was placed on injured reserve yesterday, it's retroactive and, you know, hopefully he'll be coming back soon. But the thing about Hill is that Bob Bugner, after his COVID um, situation, was that he said he wanted him to reestablish his game. And so he gave up two goals last night you go to saturday night's game against the flyers he gave up two goals and you go to thursday night's game against buffalo and again he gave up two goals and if you want to talk about how big that is that's huge we can have the joke about the classic two or fewer campaign which i of course completely buy into but what's happened is exactly what bob bugner wanted to happen aiden hill has re-established his name he saw 19 shots last night he stopped two of them and one of them was a five on three situation and you know that's that's how it's gonna go you know I, I don't have a problem even if one of the goals he gave up last night was quote unquote soft um you know what that's that's how it happens and you know ultimately with the Sharks last night if we look at the amount of shots they put on net they were dominant and Nadelkovic just happened to have a ridiculous performance 40. Saves or excuse me, forty shots he saw, and he gave up three goals. So a thirty-seven save night for him. He was great, and he kept the Sharks out of the net a, a bunch of times that the Sharks could have put it away. But the other thing that I look at with the Sharks is that yes, I I know that you know Red Wings goalie was having a great night, but the Sharks have to be more impactful offensively. Aiden Hill deserves to have that support when he's having a performance like the way he was last night. Because I thought the most important thing to me about Hill was that. He was making saves that weren't just athletic and fundamentally sound, but there was a confidence and a swagger with the way that he made a couple of them especially. And I thought that to me was so impressive because I think with Hill being so relatively young in his career, when you watch him, there's two different versions. It's like there's always the fundamentally sound version of Hill that can go out there and make make some big saves. But when he gets confident when he moves with a decisive fashion there's almost a little bit of flair to his saves you you see it and you're like oh he's feeling good right now he's feeling cocky he's feeling confident and that's exactly what you want from your goalie because you know the confidence that the goalie shows in front of the net, to me, bleeds into a team much more than how the defense is playing bleeding into the hockey or into the goalie. And yeah, you don't want your defense putting your goalie in a bad situation, but I don't think it has the same type of effect where bad defense is going to break a goalie's mentality on the night. But a goalie's mentality, when he's playing like that confidence, when he's playing that well, you can see it have that effect on the team where they're kind of going to be vibing off it and they're kind of going to step up just a little bit more for their goalie and put more positive performances out there on the ice and that to me was something that I you know just was was seen and I think it's a good thing to see because the goalie plays with confidence The team then plays with confidence and things trend in the right direction. And that's exactly what you want to see with the San Jose Sharks. That's exactly what we were seeing with the San Jose Sharks. And I will, you know, appreciate those performances going forward from Hill. And I hope that he continues to be awesome like that, to be able to have these performances for however long uh, uh, James Reimer is out. And then also, you know, the one performance we saw from Sachenko earlier this year. You know if anything happens to Hill, I wouldn't mind seeing Sachenko again, or if they decide to give Hill a night off, I'll take it. I will watch Sachenko because I really liked the way that he played in his game, you know, last week. So, I I, I guess that was a week and a half ago, but I appreciate what the Sharks have been doing. And I think the other thing is that so many times this year, the Sharks have been able, unable to carry momentum from one trip to the next, whether it's they've finished a homestand well and then they can't take it out on the road, and you know they, they don't carry it over from one trip to the next. And I think that the Sharks, to end that road trip with two straight wins and come home and get a win right off the bat, it's big. Now, one of the things I've talked about with the Sharks this year being so important is that first goal, and I think it was important because you obviously take control of the game early on and you're playing better maybe than the score indicates, in my opinion. And then you go down 2-1, and... Right after that, you get a very, very quick answer from Vl to give the Sharks a 2-2 two, two tie. And you could just feel that the Sharks, when they went down in, in terms of how the situation played out, you could tell it didn't really bother them that much. That, you know, they give up a, a relatively soft goal to Letty, and it was just not one of the worst things you've ever seen. It was kind of like, okay, you know, they gave up a power play to make it 1-1, and you know, Nedeljkovic just kept on standing on his head, and then Letty gets a goal, and you're down two-one, and then you know you answer less than two minutes later to make it two-two, and you're two-two in the third period. It at home, I felt like the Sharks were playing like they were going to win. There was never any doubt in their mind that they were going to have the ability to come back in this game, and then you get into overtime. You know what a weird scene that was—the octopus getting thrown out onto the ice. Which you know you're you're not in Detroit, but I, I just. <laughs> As soon as that got thrown out on the ice, I was like, oh, well, the Sharks are definitely going to gonna win this game. There's there's no doubt in my mind because you're, you're tempting fate at that point. So, you know, I loved just unique things like that. Like this, we're going to refer to this as the octopus game. But the most important thing with the Sharks right now and probably a big part of why they are in second in the wild card in the West this morning, they're 6-0 in overtime this year. Yes, they have one shootout loss. But they are 6 and 0 in overtime and that is massive for this team. You think about those points, whether it's going to be 1 point or 2 points, the Sharks now have 12 points out of games they've been able to see finished in overtime and that goes a huge way to keep you part of the overall picture. And, you know, you look you know, at other teams' overtime record, it's not nearly as good as the Sharks. They've been able to have great performances in the overtime this year. Their three-on-three game is sound. And you credit Logan Couture coming back last night. You know, he said after the game, and we'll get into more of this on the other side, is that he had, you know, really good energy in the first 10 minutes, and then his t- legs got a little bit tired. But, you know, he was able to, to play in the entirety of the game and he scored the game-winning goal in overtime. That's exactly what the captain does, and I think it's an important trend that we've also seen more and more lately with the Sharks. You know, a game ago, it was Tomasz Hurdle stepping up with a natural hat trick to win the game in a come-from-behind fashion for the Sharks. Or you look at some of the great performances we've had from Timo Meyer. Or you look at Brent Burns, your back-to-back three-point games. One of the things that Bob Bugner has harped on is that you need your best players to play like your best players. You need your best players to be your best players. And I feel like the best players are getting better and better as we get deeper and deeper into this year. Now, how Logan Couture's legs will feel today, after being out for a bit and then getting back onto the ice, he's probably going to be a little bit sore, no doubt about it. But I also think that he's the type of guy who knows how to be well, he understands the economy of his energy usage, and I think that he's going to be able to come out there and make a performance again on Thursday night that'll allow the Sharks to be in a winning position. And I think that's the other thing with the Sharks, is that too often this year we've seen convincing losses as well as some convincing wins. And now we're seeing a lot more tight games that lend themselves to the Sharks' fashion of winning. And when they do that, they give their best players a chance to, to win the game. And yeah, you don't you don't know when you're going to see Tomas Hertl go off for a hat trick and win the game with three straight goals. That that's a little bit different, but also the Sharks were only down two nothing. They didn't bleed all over the place and put themselves at a severe deficit like they did against Pittsburgh. A game they were down 6-1 and also crawled back into to make it 6-5. Was that game at that point a winnable game? Potentially, but you have to blow your wad to get all the way back up to that point you could tell the sharks in making it 6-5 were a little bit gassed but you shouldn't be down 6-1 in the first place and i know that's a relatively obvious take but you know you you want to put yourself in a position where your team can perform to its level and that's why the sharks are consistently getting these wins. They've had a 3-2 win against Buffalo. They've had a 3-2 win against Philadelphia. They have had a 3-2 win against the Red Wings. This isn't happening by accident, guys. A 3-2 victory for the San Jose Sharks is exactly in line with what Bob Bugner was talking about earlier in the year. You know, he said there's not going to be a lot of five-goal nights. And I think he was saying that in the vein of, if we want to win, it's probably going to happen much more likely in a 3-2 game as opposed to a 5-1 game. And I know that the Sharks early on had some convincing wins, but what we've seen over these past three games is much more in line with what Bob Bugner wants. I think he would rather have a 3-2 win than be behind 2-0 and have to come roaring back or be behind 3-0 and have to open up and see what happens and You just hope that the takeaway here is that you get the Sharks consistently performing like this, that now it is becoming more of not just an identity they are trying to attain, but just something that they go out and do. Because if they go out and do this consistently, and they can get a little bit healthy and stay off the COVID list then this team is going to start performing better and better. And again, I've often talked about that's how exactly what you want the team to be. I know that everybody out there wants to talk about the playoffs, and, and I agree that that's obviously where you want them to be, but is this team able to take growth-filled steps throughout the course of an 82-game season? And I think that where they are right now after playing 37 games is a better and or more consistent team than they were after playing 27, after 17, after 7. I mean, this team is still finding its footing. They didn't come into the year with a true identity. They didn't enter the preseason knowing exactly what they're going to have in some of their players. And I think that even Jonathan Dolan, who's gone a little bit cold after having a hot start, I think that he's close to having a breakthrough. And I think that Brent Burns, he he went through a, a, a stretch where he was not as potent offensively, but now he's got back-to-back three-assist games. And Tommy Hurdle, he had a cold period earlier in the year, and he's turned into one of the dominant forces in the NHL right now. And Logan Couture is coming up with big goals, and I think that Eric Carlson, he'll refine his game as he refines his health a little bit, and I think that it's all trending in the right direction. And plus... You've had James Reimer come up with big performances. You've had Aiden Hill come up with big performances. You've had Zach Sachenko come up with big performances. This is exactly what you want to have from your team. And I will say it is also exactly what the Sharks did not have last year and the year before. You know, the Sharks had one good month in 2018, or excuse me, 2019, 2020. That was the month of November. And that was a lot of overtime and shootout wins. And it was not pretty but they were still able to kind of climb out of it but then they collapsed in December again and then you made the change at head coach and then the team was beset by injury and they shut things down okay you come back in 2021 weird training camp 56 game schedule there's no consistency the talent just isn't there the Sharks were trying to see what they had in my opinion with a lot of young players but it didn't lend itself towards a lot of winning this year you have more health on your side. Yes, COVID still a factor. You have a greater idea about some of your younger players who've had a greater chance to develop. And you're able to plug and play while also being much more consistent with establishing your identity and look at the Sharks getting better from one 10-game stretch to the next. Yes, there has been a lot of two steps forward, one steps back, or two two steps forward and three steps back sometimes in terms of they've not been able to have a lot of high-performing streaks where they've won five, six, seven in a row, that hasn't happened. Maybe they're on one right now. Well, that'll that will have to be seen. But this team, I feel like from one month to the next, from one stretch of games to the next, there's an overall positive trend. It's a team that's getting better. It's a team that's discovering more about themselves. It is a team that is ultimately learning how to win in their own way. We are not at the halfway point. The team is in a wild card spot right now. And they are by no means out of it in their own division. But they're playing also a style of hockey that they can replicate for greater success going forward this year. All right, we're going to get into some of the post-game reaction. You're on Morning Tide. I'll see you on the other side. That
2: to-do list you have needs one more thing, chill. It's an easy thing to do. Just crack open an ice cold Coors Light and chill. Take the afternoon off and binge watch anything. Go to happy hour and stay for a couple hours. Who's counting anyways? Or hang out with just your dog, because you've had enough human interaction this week. Whatever you do, do it with a Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly.
0: Welcome back to Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Robbie Fabry gets a two-minute cross-checking penalty at 14.02 of the first. No score. Sharks setting up in their second power play of the period. Jonathan Dolan has the right circle. Stick handles. Throws to a backhander in front. They score! What a play by Jonathan Dolan. Timo Meyer in front of the net just had a tap-in. Power play goal for the Sharks. They're up 1-0.
2: Well, I think that was um, you know I just got done talking to coaches and I think that was our, our, our one of our games was most complete sixty minutes that we didn't let anything frustrate us. I didn't uh, wasn't necessarily a huge fan of the five on three call, and you know we we did an unbelievable job of killing that until the last second. That's sometimes can take wind out of your sails. I think their second goal obviously could take wind out of your sails, and uh, um, you know and then we just we just kept coming, and uh, you know we produced a lot of offense tonight. You got to give uh, Nadelkovic a uh, um, you know, uh, a lot of uh, um, a lot of praise for the way he played, and I thought that uh, sometimes when you're staked bit and things aren't going in, it, it allows you to get frustrated. But it didn't uh, didn't rally us tonight, and that was uh, that was important to see.
1: That's head coach Bob Bugner giving his thoughts on the game overall after the Sharks 3-2 overtime win over the Detroit Red Wings last night, making it three wins in a row for the San Jose Sharks. A big part of what the Sharks have been able to do this year, which is why they are in the playoff conversation, is the fact that they are 6-0 and in overtime. This is what the captain had to say about that.
2: Massive. Um, you know, against the other conference or other teams in the other division, or other conference, sorry. Um you know, it's not as important getting the, that extra point, but um, you always want two points. So uh, 6 OT 2 wins. Uh, I think it's five and a, maybe a shootout win. Um, you know, you feel confident once it gets overtime, and that's a good feeling. You, you feel like you're going to win. Um, and we've been able to win early in, in a few of these overtimes, so it's nice.
1: Ian, Timo Meyer.
2: Good question. I think we got some guys that, uh, you know, can hang on the pucks, uh, make plays, and you know, real skilled Ds with, with Burns and, and Carly that are, you know, I think every time, uh, you know, we got guys on the ice, three, three, uh, threats to score. So yeah, it was nice. Uh, nice to get that overtime win again tonight and keep that going.
1: And head coach Bob Boogner weighed in.
2: Those are huge. Cause those are the points you look at at the end of the season. And, uh, um, you know, sometimes you're sitting close to a spot in the playoffs or, you know, and you always look back and you say, uh, you know, you could have got a couple uh, points along the way. So, you know, we're going to collect as many points as we can now, especially at home. And, uh, Um, It's nice to see us in these close games and being comfortable in close games and uh, uh, being able to to keep executing. And we didn't lay off. uh, We kept our foot on the gas. And, uh, you know, and and we're finding ways to win, um, even when things aren't going our way offensively. Um, And I've talked about this all year, identity, having to win these 2-1-3-2 games. And, uh, you know, we've done a lot of that lately.
1: It's like I alluded to earlier, the Sharks are putting themselves in winnable situations. Being down 2-1 in the third is not the same as being down 6-1 after the first, or even 6-5 in the third period. Entirely different scenario, entirely different feel, and it doesn't feel like it's going to need a miracle to win that game. Yes, there's work to be done if it goes to overtime and you have to do it. However, you also look at this and think, okay, we're down 2-1. We're at home. Can we get that game time goal? I think the answer obviously was yes, and that's exactly what Jeffrey Viel did.
0: Burns, good pass up the ice to Biel. He's down the right against Sider moving in. Chopped to the ice by Sider. Star. Jeff V L one-handed that to the net as he was chopped to the ice. The sharks have tied this game 2-2. What an effort!
1: Yeah, that one's kind of going to get overlooked in the overall grand scheme of the game because people are going to talk about the Octopus. They're going to talk about Logan Couture and VL. Obviously, they're probably going to be more inclined to talk about his fight and standing up for Jake Middleton, all of which I loved. I don't have a problem with any of that. But there is a chance that VL's goal gets a little bit overlooked. And, you know, this is what he had to offer about, you know, the importance of that goal, you know, coming just minutes after they had gone down 2-1 in the third
2: yeah it's been a few games now in a row that we've uh we've bounced back in the third period so uh you know it just shows the uh, character of our team and uh you know that's that's what we want to do we just don't want to sit down if they score we just want to bounce right back so
1: and that's exactly what they were able to do and a big part of this one tonight of course brent burns finding vl on that play and burns three assists again here's bob bugner
2: yeah, you know what? I think that uh, um, you know Burns is starting to, to find that uh, other level of his game. Uh, um, you, you know, he's done a lot of great things this year, but um, he's still got a lot of offense in, in him. And uh, um, you know, his ability just to get pucks to the net. I think he's jumping a little more into the play and trying to roam a little more in the offensive zone. And uh, you know, good things are happening. The pucks follow him a bit right now. It's nice to see.
1: You know, the other thing we talk about with Brent Burns, and I think we have to talk about this with the entirety of the Sharks, is that for most of his time with the Sharks, there was a remarkable amount of consistency with what was out there on the ice with the San Jose Sharks. You had the core of players which lent itself to Sharks results year in, year out. And Brent Burns has had to adjust a lot over the past couple of years. And there have been changes. There have been departures. There have been, you know, more of a infusion of youth overall. And I think that Brent Burns has also had to learn his teammates, obviously. And, you know, when you had more... High-caliber players out there. I think it lent itself, at least offensively, for Brent Burns to be able to perform at a really, really high level, which is, you know, obviously what you would expect, no doubt. But now you have Burns learning his teammates more. You have him understanding the guys he's playing with a little bit better, and I think that will allow him to get better and better as the year goes on. Because the one thing about Brent Burns is his his lungs, his motor, his engine. It's you know, it's almost without parallel in the NHL. And I think that as you get deeper and deeper into the year, that's where Brent Burns starts getting better and better because other guys might start to feel the toll a little bit. Their legs might get a little bit tired. Brent Burns, the deeper we get into the year, the better he is going to be and the more his overall physical aptitude is going to take him to greater heights, particularly offensively, because he's not going to have a drop off that other guys might have. Brent Burns, much like everybody else, you, you get little guys going up, you know. But the upward trend—it's like you get a little bit more from Burns, a little bit more from Carlson, even if you do have a, a decline from Myro over a couple of games. I think overall, everything is trending upward with the Sharks, and that's that's what it takes. You know, rising tide lifts all ships. That's what's happening with the San Jose Sharks right now. That's why they are able to plug in a Merkley, to plug in a Raska, to have VL come in and step up. They are overall finding guys capable of performing because you have the top guys, your best players, playing like your best players, and the results are very, very obvious. All right, next up for the Sharks, Thursday night, the Rangers come to town. The Sharks lost to them 1-0 earlier this year on the road. They were able to avenge that loss against Detroit last night. Let's see if the Sharks can make it a vengeance game against the Rangers on Thursday night. Be sure to join me on Thursday afternoon on the build-up as we get ready for that game against the Rangers. We'll talk to a beat writer or a broadcaster. We'll get somebody on to look ahead to that game. But for the San Jose Sharks, the revenge tour. one nothing win over Detroit. Then looking for revenge against the Rangers. Then looking for revenge against Pittsburgh on Saturday night. We're all out of time for the San Jose Sharks. I'm Ted Ramey signing off
0: been listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide brought to you by Coors Light on the Sharks Audio Network.